0: Good evening. My name is Richard. This is over and over and over again. It's a special show, actually. We've kind of fun it together a little bit late in the day, but it's good to uh, to be doing this show. It's going to be a, a preview, looking ahead of course, Monday night's big game um, at Solo's part of Premier League, Crystal Palace against the Arsenal. Patrick Vieira against Mikel Arteta, of course, two former Arsenal captains. So it's going to be a good game. This is going to be a good show coming up. The other side of this. Over, over, over again. So good evening and a pleasure to welcome to the channel for the first time. It's Rich from Eagle Eye Football. Are you doing mate? You okay? Yeah,
1: doing great, thank you. And thank you for inviting me on as well.
0: No, no problem at all. It's always nice to chat to get other fans' perspectives of the other clubs that's out there. Um we've got a couple of comments in the chat already. Prince um Shanky says they're coming, you gunners. And Gamer Bros Go says, Hi, how you doing guys? Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to put your comments in the chat as well. If you've got any questions, of course, for for either of us about the game on Monday or anything else, please drop them in the comments and we'll we'll try to get through them as well. Um, just before we kind of get going with your sort of preview, then just give me a little bit of kind of history about yourself, Crystal Palace, how did that all come about for you?
1: Yeah, so I was born and raised in, in Brixton and um I'm a 1987 baby. And so, so obviously, me going to school, being the self-processed Palace, um, Professor Palace fan, um, amongst the the era when Manchester United and Arsenal were rampant was hard, but um, it all came about because I went to like a football company in the summer holidays, and Crystal Palace were like the coaches there and they kept handing out free tickets and stuff, and um, that was me, but like my live games, like three or four live games in a row, I was able to go watch. Palace at Sellers Park and I was like yeah they're they're not too far from where I was living and um became a local team
0: fantastic I mean funny enough my my dad um his family were from that area actually Sellers Park was their local club uh, it's Christmas a local club and my mum's local club was Arsenal, so I maybe could have been one or the other. I went with Arsenal, maybe, fortunately, perhaps, for me in, in over the years. But Crystal yeah. Palace have always been kind of my second team, in a way, for that reason. So I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Palace. And, of course, now, as we will come on to, your current manager, of course, has got big links to Arsenal as well. absolute legend. So Those links um, need to, to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So, I mean, I always look forward to games against Crystal Palace um, over the years. It's always nice uh, to be playing you know, Sellers Park's a great venue as well for football. Uh, The atmosphere is always great, isn't it? And um, it's always, um, you know, it's gone in our favour a lot over the years. I mean, what are your sort of memories of games against Arsenal then over the years? I mean, recently you've done quite well against us, but maybe not so much.
1: It's a weird one because at the Emirates, our record's very good. Yeah. Over the years, but at Sellers Park, not so good. I mean, uh, one of our most memorable wins in recent years at Sellers Park was when we won 3-0. Yeah. You know, um, but that was some time ago. I think that was 2016, 17 period. Yeah.
0: yeah and such,
1: right. you know. Um, so, I guess, especially w- when you look back over the years with Roy Hodgson, to play a counter-attacking football game you the Emirates suits suited us. I was extremely surprised at how well we played this time round at the Emirates. Because yeah. Fiera's brought a new style of play. I mean, the first 10, 15 minutes were a bit ropey. But once we actually gathered ourselves, we, we really dominated the game and should have won it. But, listen, when you had the... Uh, when you're at, at these big clubs, you got to take your chances and you got to defend throughout, otherwise you get punished, and, and that's what happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, funny enough, we've only won one of the last seven meetings between the sides. There's been five draws, actually. So, generally, in recent years, it tends to be on as even. Of course, as you said, the game at the Emirates earlier this season did finish in the draw. Yeah, we were a bit fortunate. We scored a very late goal. I mean, obviously, you touched on the new style under Patrick Vieira. I mean, I'm really, really interested in uh, to get your opinion on what he's done this season. I mean, from outside looking in, I've been following Crystal Palace a lot, looking at Patrick Vieira, obviously, as a former Arsenal player. And... I've, every time I watch Crystal Palace, I've impressed with the way they play, exciting football and getting good results as well. Difficult to beat. And obviously, FA Cup semi-final coming up. I mean, you must be delighted with the impact that Patrick's had.
1: It's been unbelievable. And this is no slander to Ray Hodgson because he's really stabilised us as, as a club, especially if we had a really poor era with Frank De Boer. Yeah. But to be able to see a manager come in and he hasn't changed much. He has, obviously we lost a lot of players, um, through contract um, running out and stuff. So a lot of, um, but he's brought in a lot of youth. And for us to go from a park the bus side, mm-hmm. who relies on Wolf and Saha, to a team that dominate the football, which is weird. <laughs> it's so weird, but he's brought a vibe, like the fans, we're normally loud anyway, but this mm-hmm. season, oh, it's been rocking down at Sellers, especially. And, um, it's just so exciting, lad, that to think that with two transfer windows, obviously the summer and and January, and in his first season, this is how we look. the The sky is the limit, you know. The sky really is the limit, and I just hope he hope he can continue.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always got this kind of romantic kind of notion in my head that what's happening is he's at Crystal Palace to 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 prove himself in the Premier League as a manager for the Arsenal job, like a rehearsal for the Arsenal job. That's how I've looked at it. And yes, we're doing well at the minute under Arteta, but obviously we wouldn't be looking to change manager at the moment. But I can see a a plan in place for Arsenal, maybe in two or three years' time. If Vieira keeps doing what he's doing this season, improving Crystal Palace and getting your top half of the table, even changing for Europe, obviously the FA Cup that you still in. I can see that not necessarily being that far off. I mean, is that something that probably concerns you as a Crystal Palace fan? Even if it's not Arsenal, one of the other bigger clubs might come in for Vieira if if he keeps doing as well as he's doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's something that we can't really hide from, unfortunately, because every manager's going to want to test themselves at the highest level. And that's the same for players as well. So, um, Hmm. like, I don't think the rumours are going to go away with Vieira and Arsenal. The only saving grace we have is the fact that he didn't get asked prior. They immediately went to Arteta. So I don't mm-hmm. know if he's holding a bit of like, a, oh, but why didn't you ask me then? Because to be fair, Vieira has experience. Arteta didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. know, So hopefully he's holding a bit of a grudge and might think, nah, you didn't want me to. Why <laughs> do you want me now? Sort of thing. But in all fairness, if we can get three years out of him, i will be very happy. Because at least then hopefully we can get the next manager. If he does leave to model what the great work he's done. We don't want to then go back into a Hodgson type sort of style because mm. we, we are definitely progressing at the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, I, you know, I know you said, obviously, he had experience before, and he did. He wasn't necessarily massively successful, was he, in his previous managerial jobs? Um, uh, the Nice one was,
1: the Nice one that he did really well there. There's, I mean, second season, I think there was a, the expectation because they got the, the new owners with the money and stuff so it did get a bit harder for him in the sense of that aspect but and I like the fact that he did go to America yeah because it yeah. took away some sort of ego and pride in a sense like he was willing to go out there and learn his trade so
0: yeah
1: obviously this I would say is his biggest current job and he's
0: doing well no he is he is and I mean I was actually delighted to see him back in the Premier League when he took the Crystal Palace job on I thought it was a good Um, a good job for him as well because it's a club where um, you know there's not massive expectations to be challenging for trophies winning things he can he could stabilize the club and you know stamp his authority on the way he wanted them to play now what's impressed me is every time he speaks with with the press conferences and everything like that he actually comes across as someone that first of all you respect what, what he did as a player mainly but also just the way he comes across in his interviews, I'm really I'm really impressed with him. He comes across to me as like a, a proper football manager and he's still only young. He's, he's new into the Premier League, but I can see him, whatever happens now, I think he's going to have a really good career as a football manager, whether it's in England, whether it's at Arsenal, whether it's elsewhere in Europe. I, I can see he's got all those characteristics, hasn't he, as a real top manager already.
1: No, absolutely. And um, not only that, you can tell he studies the game because he went into punditry for a bit as well. Yeah, You know, so... Since he's left, he, he retired. He's always been actively been watching the game to some capacity, whether it's taking the youth at Manchester City or sitting in, in the studios with BBC or ITV, whoever he was, um, obviously contracted to. So he's always studying the game, which is good. And as you said, when he talks, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, I, I could always I recorded one after we beat Man City at the Etihad, and he, the way he, he explained how he set traps it was just like whoa. Yeah. this guy actually has a plan you know not saying it always works because sometimes we don't we might not perform but the one thing i re- i think is his best attribute personally in watching palace watching this play is if we go behind we show a lot of fight yeah. and his in-game tactical changes are unbelievable unbelievable west ham yeah. 3-0 down half time made the tactical switch We'd only got something out of that game. The Everton game in the FA Cup, for 10-15 minutes, Everton were the better side. Mm. Unfortunately, Townsend got injured, um, but it gave him an opportunity to change things. And from that moment on, we dominated. So um, his in-game management's what really impressed me the most.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's maybe the one, the one criticism I've had of Mikel Arteta, actually, has been... That he hasn't been able to change games very often to get a result. He, obviously, he did when we played you guys at the Emirates. He did against Wolves recently, but that tends to be the thing. If things aren't going well in, in game for Arsenal, Mikel Arteta doesn't seem to be able to change an awful lot very, very quickly or quickly enough to make a difference. And I've noticed that with Patrick Vieira, he does. He's very proactive in things. He will change things quite yeah. quickly if he sees it's not working. And yeah, it doesn't always work. Of course, it doesn't. It's never going to because if if it did, Crystal Palace would be top of the league, wouldn't they? Interesting. So but the fact that he's he's prepared to do that, he's prepared to take risks. And the one thing about Arteta is I don't feel he does take enough risks often enough in games. It's funny because both of them have, have come from sort of Manchester City working with Pep and obviously they both worked with Wenger as well before. So you'd imagine that they've got some similar ideas. But what I've noticed is I mean, I don't know how much you, you've watched of Arsenal under Arteta, but the style of football is completely different. Patrick Vieira's team, for me, they're very expressive in the way that they play, yeah, whereas Arsenal are very rigid, rigid. In, in their formation and their tactics. And I kind yeah. of, and I know it is, it's probably wrong for me to say it, but I actually, in a way, prefer Crystal Palace's style of football to Arsenal's style of football. And if Patrick Vieira could bring that style of football to Arsenal with the players that we've got, I could see that being fantastic to watch, almost yeah. like a, a going back to the wenger days to, to a certain degree. I mean, sure. do you feel that as well? Because it's very expressive football, isn't it, that Crystal Palace play now?
1: Yeah, Pat has always said, listen, these players have to be able to express themselves. We have to give them the platform to do so. Um, but at the same time, he says, listen, we can keep the ball for 90 minutes. It means nothing for not scoring. You know, and we went, we went for a period. like Obviously, early in the season, we weren't scoring enough goals and stuff. And that's always going to happen. New style, new transition and such, you know. Um, but then when we did start scoring, we then became very susceptible at the back. You know, so it's taken a while, but I feel at this current moment in time, we've got a very good balance. I mean, our record recently, we haven't conceded many goals, no, you know, but we are picking up points. Um, too many draws, admittedly. So, um, it's crazy to think that some of those draws, I think we've drawn about 12, we should have won about nine of them. It's but it's weird to think that from a, from a Palace perspective because normally it's I will take every point we get,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but it's come a long way. On, on on the Arteta aspect, I think I understand why he's gone rigid. He went rigid. I think he's, he came to the job, he started a 3-5-2, if mm. I believe. Yeah. You know, if that didn't work, then, then started this season losing three in a row. That, it was a horrific start. and then. But what I really, really admire about him is that he then made a bold decision and went youth. Mm. Very, very bold decisions. Smith-Rowe, Odegaard, Saka, like, Marcellini, those became, like, the core, especially mm. in your, your attacking areas, you know, and said, Aubameyang, listen, you can go. <laughs> you know? Um, so, fair play to him. He's had to make some very tough decisions, but I, I do agree he's too rigid. He'd, I think if the likes of Pepe was able to express himself more, he would be... Because he's a good player. He's a good player, not, mm. I just don't feel he's been given a chance. Um... That goes for Martinelli in a sense, because he does most of his good work defensively, which is odd to hear, but really? he is a very good player going forward. you know. So I guess if he takes the chains off, I think you'll be a very dangerous side.
0: Yeah, and maybe it's still a, it's still a process, maybe a transition still to, to change the way that we play, and maybe that will come. I mean, it's funny you mentioned obviously Nicolas Pepe there, and um, of course, a couple of years ago when uh Uda Emery was was there, and we, we bought Nicholas Pepe. A lot of uh, a lot of people seem to think that Ole Emery actually wanted Zaha, of course, and um, Will Zaha from from you guys. Um, and I think obviously he's he's, a, he's an Arsenal fan, so that would have maybe been a, a good move for him. It never quite worked. I, I don't think that um, that's going to happen now um, necessarily. No. But I mean, how do you feel that might have worked for, for Zaha if he'd gone to Arsenal maybe two or two two or three years ago when we got instead of getting Pepe, if we'd got Zaha at that point? Do you think it would have been a good move for him?
1: It would have, to be honest. And it would have worked. It would have worked. He's a very direct player. In my personal opinion, he's better than Pepe. And he had the Premier League experience. Um, Not saying that Pepe is not a good player, but I think Pepe is more suited to European football. Yeah. uh, Personally. Um, The thing that was odd, I know, obviously, we asked for 70 million, I believe. Yeah. And then you bought... Pepe for £72 million on Klarna, yeah. like, yeah. In installments and such. So, um, it was just like, just give us the £70 million, you know. Um, I think he would have done really well for you, to be honest. Um, yeah. But is not, not a bad um, player on the left-hand side, and nor is um, Smith-Rowe when he plays there. So, you've got options.
0: No, no, we have And I think now, it, it probably doesn't look so bad. I mean, I was a bit disappointed yeah. at the time, and because Nicolas Pepe never really settled at arsenal. So he never has done. I agree. I think European football is far more suitable to his style than the Premier League. It's it's a little bit too aggressive for him. It's a little bit yeah. too physical. It's a little bit too fast. And maybe he, he's better off he would be better off playing in the European League yeah, maybe, but um, but yeah, I was a little bit disappointed at the time we didn't get um, Zaha because I thought he would have been a good player for us. Actually, at that time, um, obviously now, as you said, we've maybe got other players that can play there are doing really well. So it's perhaps worked out for for both for both in the end, really, because obviously Zaha's doing well, doing well at you guys, still, isn't it? Yeah. Some great players now. I mean, obviously it was an international break, and you know, three Crystal Palace players um, started for England, didn't they, last week? I mean, that was that. The first, yeah. That must be the first time ever, was it? Three Palace players. I think I, I mean, that must so. have been a great moment for you. I know one of them is a
1: Chelsea player, but he's playing for Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, like I said, to get the call-up, obviously, representing Palace is is amazing. Um, I just hope, obviously, I mean, <laughs> the whole international setup, especially with England, confuses me. Um, to the yeah. extent that like gay Mitchell and Conor Gallagher playing well for the clubs may not actually get selected for Qatar. No, you know, no. um, and then on the flip side, and no disrespect to Harry Maguire, I don't personally rate him, I know he's done well for England. But if Southgate already knows he's going to Qatar, give Tomori a chance, um, Kilman a chance, you know, see, look at other players. So, as yeah. much as I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm so proud as a Palace fan to see three Palace players, I do want to see at least two of them make the world cup score could they deserve it. But will that happen? Not
0: sure. I mean, I suppose in a way, it's strange because the World Cup's obviously in in the winter. It's going to be yeah. how players start next season is going to be important, isn't it, to the that's players that right. might get selected for the squad. And if Crystal Palace have a good start to next season, if those guys are playing well, they'll have a chance, won't they, I guess. Yeah. Um, will Conor Gallagher still be at Palace next season? I guess that's the other question, isn't it? Because is <laughs> he... But what's the loan situation? Is that was that just the
1: season loan or a season loan? Problem? Yeah. So it's all just it's all down to the whole Chelsea situation because they at the moment they can't buy or sell.
0: No.
1: So we can't even buy him anyway. Um, I don't know what the loan I mean, I'd love to take him for another year loan, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, he's got a very crucial decision to make himself. Yeah, you know, because if he goes back to Chelsea, would he play? I mean, if they're not allowed to buy anyone, maybe he'll get minutes. But if they are, they're probably just going to look for the next best thing in Europe.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chelsea do loan a lot of the younger players out anyway, don't they? They always have done. And, um, you know, yes, they've played some of the younger players, haven't they? Mason Mount obviously has, has been playing and a few others, but um you know, James as well. But yeah, you, you're right. Would, would he get as Obviously Crystal Palace, he plays every game. He's not going to get the same amount of game time at Chelsea if he went back there. He, he knows that as well. And he, he's doing well at Palace, so I'm sure he'd be happy to move if they could make that permanent. I mean, how, how much money do you think he would cost if you were to try and buy him? <laughs> no, in Chelsea,
1: they're going to look at 50, 60 million
0: I reckon. Have you got that sort of money, do you think, to get that to buy him? I don't know. I don't think we do. Um,
1: I mean, this FA Cup front runs helped. <laughs> it has yeah. helped. So um, if we could get him for 35 with add-ons, maybe add-ons to about 45, I think that would be well worth it for what he will offer us in mm-hmm. return.
0: Plus as well, I mean, we, we don't know yet do we, what the situation is with Chelsea, how much money, even if they're allowed to buy players, what, what can they spend? They might look to get some, some money in. Um, They might not be able to, to sell players for lots of money. We don't know, do we? So it's all a bit up in the air at the minute, but I mean, it would be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Loki's in the chat, he says, evening, how are you doing? He says, Vieira is a winner. Enough said he certainly is a winner. He, he was he a winner as a, winner. a player and he seems to be a, a winner as a manager. Um, It's interesting as well, I, I read somewhere, and I, I haven't actually checked the stats for definite, but I've read somewhere that He's got the longest unbeaten record in the FA Cup, obviously, from his playing days at Arsenal. <laughs> he, won, he won the FA Cup, I think, the last two seasons he played. Yeah, for he, did, he, won it for he Man City when he played, and now he hasn't lost a game for Crystal Palace as a manager. <laughs> so I think he hasn't lost a game in the FA Cup since 2002 or 2001 that's, or something. That's unbelievable. It, it is an unbelievable re- record that he's got, and obviously, you've got the semi final coming up against Chelsea, who actually yeah. haven't today um, it Are you did. confident about that game? <clears throat> I am.
1: I am sad because I think I also look at how we played against the winner came to sell park and that's another game we should have won. Um if Tuchel plays four at the back, we win that game, in my personal opinion. If he plays the 3-5-2, which he normally does, it will be a lot different, more difficult. Um because we can't we can't forget that they've got they've got quality. They've got quality and um but it's going to be an amazing occasion. I mean, I have to wait till Monday to see if I can get a ticket, you know, because uh, I've got a season ticket holder at the moment. Or hopefully will be next year. Um, so but I'm confident. I'm very, very confident that we can actually cause some problems, you know, and and actually make it to the final again.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would, be, it would be incredible, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, you obviously got to the final a few years ago, as you played Manchester United under Pardew. A bit unfortunate in that game to lose, maybe. You got the equaliser and it was looking good um and obviously you know in 1990 as well you might not remember that one yourself but you might be a little bit too young but I, I've, that was I've,
1: a, I've looked back at the, the footage yeah. yeah I mean
0: that was a great <laughs> semi-final wasn't it, against Liverpool at, at, at Villa Park that day fantastic yeah. stuff you know and obviously it's great in the final Ian Wright getting those two goals as well so um you know Crystal Palace have got uh you know I've got some I've got some history in the FA Cup and it'd be nice to uh, you know I mean obviously with Arsenal being out of the competition I've been rooting for Crystal Palace to win it because of Patrick Vieira right from the time we got knocked out. So it'd be great if, you know, you can go all the way, especially beating Chelsea would be nice. I mean, do you think that might have any any impact on the the, the Premier League games, obviously looking ahead to Monday in terms of team selections? Or do you think at the moment, you know, that, um, you know, Patrick's just going to say, you know what, let's try and get as many league points as we can as well, a bit of momentum before getting to the semi-final. Or do you think you might rest some players or rotate the squad a little bit? Um,
1: We might be forced to rotate because Zaha and Elise are both doubts. Are they? Yeah, yeah, they picked up knots during international duty. That's another reason I hate international yeah. friendlies. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, so they are doubts. Um, but for the first time, I could say, oh, well, we've got cover. <laughs> we've got Eduardo and Eze. So it's, obviously it's not Zaha and Elyse, but it's, they're good enough to replace them, to be honest. So um, that's how I think we'll go. Although I reckon Jordan will start on the right-hand side, actually. Yeah. Just for the work press I had to, to look after Tierney because Tierney going forward is actually quite, he's a problem.
0: Yeah, no, well, hopefully we, we, we've got a few problems, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. And also as well, I mean, I want to talk about Michael Alisa, actually, because he's had a fantastic season, hasn't he? I mean, what, yeah. a, what a great player he, he's becoming. He's, he's going to have a great future, isn't he, in the game?
1: He really is. And like we were saying before with Vieira, like play, uh, managers are going to want to play at the highest level. This is one player I'm scared we could lose even next year. You know, <laughs> he's been unbelievable. Honestly, yeah. eight million pounds from Reading, and he's making the Premier League easy. Yeah, you exactly. know, um, he probably has to work a bit more on his physical side. But when he's when he's got the defender one v one, he can go le- like it's kind of like Morris Morris-esque, where he could go left and cut yeah. to his right and stuff. Like, what, which game was it? Even the Man City game at Selhurst Park. When I mean, he got the ball and they always had three players around him because they understood the threat, you know. So, mm. if he is fit, him versus Taylor will be, be a good watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, it will, it will. Yeah, no, that'll be that'll be a good battle, actually. Obviously, you know, if Zaha's fit on the other wing, that could be interesting as well. Again, I mean, Cedric may well be playing again because we're still not sure about Tommy Asu, but. That could be a, a maybe weakness there. Yeah. So if, if Zaha is fit, that could be a problem. He's got a decent record against Arsenal, actually. He tends yeah. to pop up with a goal against us, doesn't he, quite often. I mean, Loki says in the chat there, we would have doubled our penalties with Zaha. Well, I think we'd have more than doubled, we'd have probably quadrupled them, to be honest, because we don't get many. I, that,
1: yeah, that's a good, very good point then Loki. Can I ask you your thoughts on that? Because for me, as a Palace fan, I and mean, it may sound biased, but I feel Zaha gets terrible treatment like, he gets mm. gets labelled in a sense of, like, oh, he goes down too easy sort of thing. He's yeah. the most fouled player in the league mm. by far, you know. Like, he's – I don't know. Do you, do you see it the same way with him or do you think he's a bit too theatrical?
0: I think sometimes he doesn't help himself by the way he goes down. Um I think he is fouled a lot and, you know, he's a dangerous player and defenders know that if you, if you let him run past you, you're in trouble. So, he does get fouled a lot and he maybe doesn't get as many penalties as he should. And i think part of that's because his reputation and i I think referees who notice that. i mean we we get a lot with some of our players you know certain players with certain reputations get things go against them more than other players do and i think zaha suffers a little bit from that doesn't he i do think that he doesn't help himself at times because i think he does go down quite easily in some situations and he does go down quite theatrically in some situations and i think sometimes he doesn't get what he should get but having said that if you don't go down when there's you're not going to get a penalty and then people will be saying he should go down. Should and go it's down. it's a difficult one, isn't it? He's a he's a tricky player. He's got um he's got a lot of pace. He he runs at people. And when you when you do that, when when you're running at defenders, they're gonna fail you. If you keep doing it, they're gonna fail you, aren't they? Yeah. And I think sometimes he just needs to maybe read the situations a little bit better and not not always go down. Maybe stay on his feet one or two times and then when he does go down people might take it more seriously more often maybe. You know, he's, he has got that reputation, hasn't he? And it is a shame because I, I, li- I like Zah. I've always liked him. I think he's a great player. And I do feel he does get quite badly treated by defenders more than anything because he does get fouled a lot. But yeah. it's, it's just his style of play, isn't it? Because he runs at people. Anyone that runs at people is going to get fouled because defenders yeah. don't like him. And if you go past a defender once, the next time you try it, he's going to foul you.
1: Yeah. So the reason I'm watching that is because I feel like Saka's an equivalent for your team. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he yeah. gets enough balls than he than he should. No, to
0: be. I mean, yeah, in their last game, I mean, Sakura even mentioned the referee at half time, didn't he? That he needs, he should be getting more protection, and he does, yeah. he does get a lot of, you know, because defenders don't like players like that because they can't deal with them, and the only option is to foul them. And yeah. if a player keeps getting fouled, um, it's gonna, they need to be. Given free kicks more often because then the fouling has to stop or different players have to them because yellow cars come out and stuff like that. And a lot yeah. of, it seems as though certain players are not given any protection by referees. And I think Zaha falls into that category. Saka definitely falls into that category. And there's, there's one or two others in the Premier League as well. Whereas other yeah. players are overprotected, aren't they? It seems in certain <laughs> other clubs. And you know, that's, I mean, we, we seem to always end up on the bad side of, of, referee decisions quite often. I mean, we had one against you guys a couple of years ago we, when we scored that goal um, would have been a winning goal at the Emirates, and it was disallowed when I think it was Callum Chambers got fouled, and it, it was disallowed for yeah, a while. I, I
1: couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, I think a, it was James McArthur. Yeah, I think it was. was right.
0: Yeah, and it should have been a penalty, if, if anything. And we scored yeah. a goal, and in the end, they disallowed the goal and gave a foul um, yeah, well, against yeah, us. I yeah,
1: but was no, okay, we'll take <laughs>
0: that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so, uh, was, that, was that the game? There was one game at the Emirates where. A Zaha got a penalty, won a penalty? It might have been that same game, actually. And I, I thought that was a dive, to be fair. or not a dive, but he made the most yeah, of the
1: most of it,
0: yeah. Yeah, and, you know, a little bit of contact. He goes down, he got a penalty. He does that quite a lot. And maybe I say sometimes some referees are looking at that, and say, oh, it's Zaha, he's dived, I'm not giving it. You know, and, but VAR should sort it out, shouldn't it, really? Now, that shouldn't happen anymore. Because VAR should yes. look at it and see how much contact there was and give a yeah. penalty or not. It shouldn't come down to whether the referee thinks it's Zaha or isn't, the referee has got the backup of VAR and VAR should step with and say, actually, that is a penalty, regardless of what player it is, regardless of how theatrically they've gone down. If they've failed, they are failed. That's it. That should be the decision. This is, That's yeah. the it's just a shame the VAR's
1: a mess in itself.
0: Yeah, it is. It, it, it's a big <laughs> mess. And, yeah, it's not it's not improving either, is it, unfortunately. Yeah. It's not certainly not getting any better. Um, we've got Danny in the chat. He says, um, Arsenal fans on Twitter are very uh, dubious about us winning um, should be should we go, should should us be worried? Well, I mean that's a good question, isn't it? I mean, do you think we should be worried ahead of Monday night? I know you guys are in great form, but as I said the FA Cup, you have a couple of doubts over some of your top players. Should we be a bit worried about Monday, or, or do, you, do you feel that we are still favourites to win the game? You'll still be favourites, but
1: we will cause you a problem. Um, like I said, we become a lot more resolute at the back, mm. and we're a bit more clinical going forward. You know, um, I think we might have to bide our time uh, because we can address it one of two ways. We can be, we can press how we've been pressing um, other teams or we can sit back and soak up pressure. Um, but we have to get the balance right because there's only a few teams in the league that move the ball well enough to um, kind of counteract a low, a low block in a sense. Arsenal's one of them, City's another, you know. Um, so we've got to be careful if we do press you that we're not leaving gaps in behind and if we do hold a, a deep line that we're able to, to obviously shift as a unit you know because um older god will pick up those pockets and it will be a problem so um I, I think we'll give you a good game i am hearing that Ramsdale's out which yeah. is huge i think for us that's a benefit i think we'll end up going to press you because of that factor because i know let us distribution ain't the greatest, you know, had it been Ramsdale, we would definitely, because his distribution is phenomenal. So, yeah, is. You know, um, and I reckon, I reckon lots of crosses will be the key. If we're going to get anything out of the game, because Leno's not the greatest in the year ever.
0: No, no, he's not. I mean, he, he came in against Aston Villa, his first Premier League game since August, when we lost at Man City, and he, he played well actually in that game. He kept a clean sheet and he, he did everything he had to do really well. And you know he, he probably he, he probably would have deserved the opportunity to play in this game anyway, just on the back of his last performance. But obviously, if Ramsdale's fit, you imagine Ramsdale would come back in. But it looks as though he's not going to be, so yes. that's that's a concern for us. Um, we don't seem to have um, too many other major injury concerns actually, which is good because we don't have the biggest squad in terms of. Quality depth for, for players. I mean, Tommy Asu yes. might be back at right back, possibly. Whether he's fit enough to start, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i not sure if we if we are favourites. So you look at the league table, we would probably be favourites to start the game. But as I said our, our recent record against you guys isn't great. Last season's game at Salas Park, yeah, we did win, but we got two goals in the last minute, didn't we? It was 1 1 for a long time. And then we got yeah. two goals right at the end to win that game. And that's our only win in the last seven meetings. So, um, I won't be surprised if it's a draw. We'll go on to maybe a score prediction um, at, towards the end. he says, Yeah, I've always liked Palace, the right and bright days with Solaco and Jeff Thomas were great days. Yeah, I've, I've always had yeah. a soft spot for Palace just because of family kind of ties to it, really. Um, and yeah, it's uh, they're a great little club. I say great stadium, a great atmosphere and stuff like that. So I've always had a bit of a soft spot as well. Loki says, Palace for the cup, but we smashed them on Monday. Well, yeah. Smash. We, uh, <laughs> i think that's a good, uh, optimistic but i mean we'll, i'll take i'll take that palace winning the cup and us winning on monday that would be pretty good get the
1: top five. i will say that united's draw
0: has yeah. made monday's game bigger now yeah it has for us definitely and obviously um you know chelsea losing as well um golden yeah. there obviously an eagles fan um yeah he's, uh, he's a co-host <laughs> on the channel as well one of, one of your guys, eagle uh, you football fan. Yeah, uh, good to good to see you in the on the show. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I suppose we probably are slight favourites, possibly just based on on lead position. But this this for me now for Arsenal, particularly, is where it's you know these last few games now. The opportunity is there for top four, and we're in pole position. And we've got some difficult games now. You know, away games in particular. We've Obviously, Palace on Monday. We've got to play Southampton away, Chelsea away, Tottenham away. We've got Man United at home. We've got a lot of really difficult games. And it is, I mean, how do you see that top four, that, that top five? Do you think Arsenal have got enough to get there? Or do you think maybe ultimately the squad depth might cost us and maybe like Man United or Tottenham might just be able to pit us for it? Or do you think we, we're going to get there? Uh.
1: I think if you get four points out of the Chelsea and Tottenham game, it's yours.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because even
1: I don't think Man um, United's run into that great either. Um,
0: no, I think they've got to play each other as well. A lot, a lot of big games. A lot of big games to come. Definitely. um Loki says there. Friedman for Palace dived at the bus stop before the game. <laughs> Danny Friedman. Yeah. Danny says there when Danny Friedman was at Barnet. I sat next to his wife during the game. I was saying how good he was to my mate, and she said, that's my husband. Oh, there you go. That was, that's a great little story, isn't it? Uh, do, we, do, you, do you remember Dougie Friedman playing for Palace, or was that a bit before your time as well? Um, no, it was just a little bit after I was born, to
1: be honest. Um, he was manager as well, wasn't he, at Palace? Yeah, he was manager for a period. Oh, when you see the documentary, when the Eagles there, I mean, he left, left. He was doing so well with us, and then he left us to North Bolton. And it was just like, oh, but days, what have you done? And then we just started plummeting, you know, and then we managed to pick things up again. But, um, yeah, we we weren't his best friend for a period of time. And then he came back a bit, became technical director. And he's done a great job doing that, by the way. His eye for talent
0: is phenomenal. Yeah. No, no, I mean, obviously, you know, you can see, um, you know, uh, what a well-run club Palace are, actually, to be fair. You know, in all aspects of the the club from top to bottom, they do seem to be a really well-run club. Um, And... Now, you've kind of established yourself in the Premier League now, haven't you? You know, you had a few seasons when you'd be up and down a little bit. You'd come yeah. up, go straight back down, and that happened for a while. And now you've established yourselves in, in the Premier League. This is, what, about six, seven seasons or even more than that, isn't it? You must be nearly 10 years, are you, in the Premier League now in a row?
1: Yeah, we it is nearly 10 years. I'm sure it's eight seasons now, actually. Yeah. Eight seasons in a row. So um I think the only thing for Palace fans, and this, and this is why we're so excited about this year, is that there's been other teams like Wolves, Villa, Leeds that got promoted. And they've kind of kicked on. Mm. And we've kind of just been like, oh, we're the team that stays in the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, we just want a little bit more, you know, and a top 10 finish would be phenomenal for us this season.
0: And the FA Cup, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you get past Chelsea, it won't be much easier in the final, probably, will it? But anyway, <laughs> I suppose <laughs> it's a be there. You never know, that your finals can go either way, can't they? We've seen it happen before. You know, yeah. we can beat Man City all those years ago in the final, didn't they? So Wimbledon of course beat Liverpool. So you know, yeah. there's, you know, it can happen. So you need to get there. And I, obviously, I'll, I'll be cheering for you guys in the semi final, definitely. Um, I mean. Um, you're sort of saying top 10 would be a good season for and Obviously, there's no question about that. Where do you see Palace going, though, in the next couple of years? I mean, obviously, if you win the FA Cup, you could be in Europe as well next season. Yeah. Um,
1: it sounds crazy. And as much as I would love a European venture, I don't know if our squad's big enough yet. So, if we were to get to Europe this season, it'd like I said, it'd be great. But I would fear for next season's league. For, because, obviously... Yeah. Europe will be Thursday, Sunday, the majority of the season, so which won't be easy at all. Um, but from next season on, I wouldn't pushing for that, that conference league. You know, I don't see why not. You know, um, there's a like a cluster of teams that could all get that, like, ninth, I think it's ninth place or eighth place. That is conference, it's league. Eight, I think, yeah, yeah, you know. So you're looking at the likes of well, Leicester's not the best of seasons, but like Leicester. Southampton, Villa, ourselves, we're all like in a little cluster and mm. we're not too yeah. far away from each other. So, yeah, the, the opportunity is there. Like Wolves are these, we've beaten them twice this season. You know, so if we could just sort out those draws into wins next season, then we'll give ourselves a good chance of Europe.
0: And I suppose as well, you've you got to look at, you know, it, another year under his belt, obviously Patrick Vieira, manager, manager, um, building on, what he's started this season, you'd imagine that you can see that the club progressing and improving over the next couple of years. It, it, obviously, if he's still there, and even if he's not, I think he's put he's putting the things in place, isn't he, for the, for the future to cover a lot of young players as well, like, like ourselves. Yeah. You know, you're playing a lot of young players. You have got quite a young team as well, haven't you? And yeah. you know, and I think that's important as well, isn't it? If, you, if you're looking to if you're looking to build something, you, you need to build it around younger players, don't you? Otherwise, you'll be you'll be changing the, the team every couple of years because the players course, get yeah. old enough to move on. And I think Pat going about it in, in 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 that same sort of way to Arteta. They seem to have both of you know grabbing the, this sort of youth system and, and really sort of throwing things at that, don't they? And that's yeah. a good thing for the future, isn't it? Because you know, it definitely it's, it's is. It
1: definitely is, and it it's clearly working, you know, for our clubs. It may not work for every club. But right no. now it's working for both our clubs so if that's the model that we're going to implement to to get better
0: then long may it continue yeah exactly and you know the good thing about young players is they generally get better don't they as they get older and you know playing regularly in the premier league which is a, a tough league physically tough yeah. league. It, it's, it's a, you know you don't get easy games and to develop in that league and and you're going to really see the players really improve quite quickly. We've seen it already, haven't we? With the young players at Arsenal, young players at Palace, other young players in at Chelsea elsewhere. Players as well, which is going to be good for the England team as well, isn't it, going forward, if they all can stay together and, and push on. I mean, with a World Cup coming up. Um yeah you know, and, and, you know, beyond that as well. I mean, we've done well recently. I mean, obviously, World, World, Cup, World Cup draw was on. Was it yesterday, wasn't it? I mean, what did the Jamaica, the, the draw that England got? It's a strange group in many ways, but uh, it, should be, it should be a group to get through, shouldn't <laughs> in- it? England's
1: group is the political group. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. That is crazy. I mean, my my eyes were on Ghana, as a Ghanaian myself. So um, we've got, we you yeah. know, tough. It's a tough group, but it's a group we can actually get through if we play our cards right. Um, but for England, they should be of that group. Without any problems,
0: should be, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a strange group when it was coming out. You're thinking, wow, this is this is mad, and it'd be, <laughs> it'd be strange if Ukraine get there as well and they drop in the group as well. That would be, oh my days. <laughs> <Could you imagine?
1: laughs> I, I reckon, I reckon Wales will be the last team in your group,
0: actually. yeah. It, I would, they're probably the best out of those three, aren't they? You'd imagine they'll probably win that playoff and go through, but it'd be interesting yeah. to see um, what happens. I mean, obviously, you say Garner. I mean, what you've been making of, what been making of, what been making of Thomas Partey.
1: Guy's oh, a quality player. Like, I was very annoyed with him during the AFCON, though. He was terrible for us. But, um, no, he's was a very it? good player. Oh, he was bad for Ghana. Really bad. Ah. <laughs> but, um, he is a good player. Um, and I think he's now found his feet. Because he had a bit of a shaky stop. You know, um, yeah. he's found
0: his feet now.
1: And he's going to be a very good player for you. Very, very good.
0: It's funny you say that you say he was poor at the AFCON. I mean, I didn't watch a lot of it if I'm honest. Um, but before he went to the AFCON, he wasn't playing brilliantly for Arsenal, and then he's come back from the AFCON and he's and been he's brilliant. Really good, yeah. <laughs> he really has been brilliant. So, I actually assume that he must have played pretty well over in the AFCON because he's come back in such great form, but it doesn't sound like he did.
1: No, but funny, he, uh, just on what you've just said, when we had the World Cup qualifying against Nigeria, he was really good in both those games too, and he, he actually scored to go that that helped us go through. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's definitely in good
0: form right now. Yeah, no, he is. And I mean, I've, I was a little bit disappointed actually with him last season and half of this season, really, because we we had big hopes for him because, you know, he came with a big reputation. Uh, It was a player we all wanted. We felt he was the one we needed in that midfield. You know, um, I suppose a Patrick Vieira type replacement in a way that you could have that similar impact. And he just wasn't. And, i was getting quite frustrated with him but he has been absolutely brilliant in in the last sort of six seven games since he's come back he's been brilliant and hopefully now he's like you said he's found his feet maybe he's maybe adapted to the premier league and the the difference you know the more physical league and stuff like that he seems to have found found him his his feet really well now let's hope he can continue because he is a great player He's going to be important for for us for the rest of the season, obviously. Um, I mean, talking about our players, I mean, which of our players are you most sort of worried about on Monday? Then, who kind of concerns you? Is Is there anyone in particular that stands? Ah,
1: oh, that that young guy on the right hand side, he's a problem, <laughs> isn't he? Um, Saka, he's he's unbelievable. He's a very very good player. I mean, that him against Mitchell once again, it's going to be a very very good little battle between those two. Um, gods picked up really good form lately as well. Um, Tierney, because he just bombs forward. And I think the key for us, as well as trying to win the midfield battle, we need to keep Lacazette quiet. Because he he may not score the goals. I mean, he scores against us all the time, but <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he knits things together. Lacazette. And um now, obviously, when you had Aubameyang, I was saying that Lacazette's a better nine than Aubameyang. Aubameyang plays the yeah, yeah, left, yeah. in my opinion. But um, he kind of does all the dirty work like Firmino would do for Liverpool without getting yeah. the recognition he deserves, in my personal opinion. So we d- we need to keep Lacazette quiet.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he does. You're right. He, he does do a lot of work that doesn't get recognised. Because he's a number nine and he's, a goal, he's supposed to be a goal scorer... And because he's not scoring as many goals, people maybe look at him and think he's not not doing what he should be doing. But ultimately, the system that we're playing, his job isn't. uh, And it was the same with Aubameyang. And I think that's why it didn't work with Aubameyang, because Aubameyang was asked to do stuff that he's not good at. He was asked to do more defensive yeah. duties for the team. And Aubameyang, he wants to be in the box, getting on the end of things and yeah. or getting him, running in him behind the defence, doesn't he? That's what he's good at. And I don't think that it, the style that we played enabled Aubameyang to, to get the best out of him. And yeah. I think he, he became frustrated, lost a bit of interest and the move's done him good because he's scoring goals again at Barcelona. But with Lacazette, yeah. I think Lacazette, um, I actually think Lacazette's quite a good finisher. I think he's always been a good finisher. But again, the the, the, um, the role he's got to play now for Arsenal, he is dropping deeper. He's linking yeah. the play. He's doing a lot of that dirty work, which doesn't get you much credit, but ultimately is really important to the team. Um, and he did, of course, pop up with that goal, didn't he, at the Emirates at the end, at the very end of that game, to, to give us what could end up being a really important point, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, where, where where do you think the game's going to be won and lost then on Monday?
1: Midfield. I, I think whoever wins the midfield battle wins the game. You know, I think both sides are decent going forward. Both sides have an error in them in defence. So it's about that, that um, that key dominance in midfield, you know. um, So for us, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we play Kiyote and Gallagher definitely. Those two will be definitely, it's just a third midfield. I'm not sure. Should we get Jimmy Mack back in? Is he fit enough? Will Hughes has been good for us. He's, but he's had an injury. Schluck last couple of games has been really good. It's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know who that furthest midfielder is going to be, you know, um, but that could be the difference in us winning or not.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think midfield battle is generally pretty key. I do feel as though, though like, like you said there, both teams have got some really good attacking players, haven't they? And I know you've got yeah. one or two injury doubts over a couple of your sort of good attacking players, but you've got options, as you just said, I mean, plenty of options in the, in the squad to choose from. Um, you know, you've probably got more options than we have, actually, when you look at the, the guys we've got on the bench. We've got a lot of kids on the bench most weeks. Yeah. We just don't have the players to to, to fill the bench. So, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, if if Saka can have a good game for Arsenal, if he can get on the ball and if he, he can, you know, cause problems, further guys going to pick up their little pockets like he has been doing, I think that that could be key. And if you can stop that from happening, then I think that's, gonna maybe could swing the game in your favour because you've got players yeah. who can cause us problems definitely there's absolutely no doubt about that and you did at the Emirates even Ben Teke I know he doesn't tend to get many goals he, he's another one he scores against us and he lackers against <laughs> <gone. laughs> yeah. Ben Tekke always scores against us. Do you think yeah. he's likely to play or he'll be on the bench probably do you think he'll be on the bench. He'll
1: be on the bench um Mateta has come in and I yeah. mean I will put my hands up and say like when he signed, I was like, "Oh, I hope he doesn't play the 15 games. Then we have to buy him for 15 million. That 15 million could go elsewhere." We signed Edouard thinking, "Good, we've got our number nine now." edward has been playing most of the games on the left <laughs> and doing well there, yeah, you know. Yeah. And Matet has made the number nine spot his, you know. So it's a, it's down to Edward or whoever is trying to go for to take it off him. And Mateke is now fourth choice striker behind
0: Edward and Saw, Yeah, no, I suppose, suppose he is, really. And, you know, I know... He, see, he's another player. I think he does a lot of good work for the team. Doesn't yeah. score enough goals and gets criticised. Like, and similar to Lacazette, actually. Um, and, you know, but he does tend to score against us. So I'll be quite pleased if he doesn't play, actually, because um, we've got more chance of not conceding goals if he's not playing because of some reason he, he, even even before when he was Aston Villa when he was at Liverpool he always sits well against us and he's carried it on yeah. um with uh with Crystal Palace uh, Loki says there uh, Palace are on the up uh what about a new stadium is there a new stadium in, in the park? is that, is that um so it's not so much a new
1: stadium but we are looking to increase the um capacity so they're kind of like having talks with So obviously, um, you know, we've got the Sainsbury's there and then there's a massive car park and stuff. But there is also some houses. And I think they're having talks. I I think we're on the brink of confirming that they're happy to move for us to then have that that housing space around as well. And they're trying to increase like It's called the main stand. It's not allowed to stand on the ground, but it's called the main stand. Trying to increase that for... Because we're currently at 20 three Three twenty-four thousand. They're trying to make it up to like about thirty in the thirties, and then I think after that, try and make it into forties and stuff. So there, there is plans to extend, but it's all dependent on the, the resident permits and stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose the, the slight problem is that the ground is—it's in the kind of you know, these houses around it. As you said, there's, yeah. there's other things around the ground, isn't there? It's not like some grounds right in the middle of nowhere, and they can yeah. expand them. It doesn't matter, but obviously, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, you know, Sellers Park's always been sort of you know houses either side of it and stuff like that. So that is an issue. Perhaps I mean I do think that main stand could do with being a two-tier stand, couldn't it? That would increase the attendance lot. But what, yeah, what's behind there? Is that is that the is that the main road behind there, isn't it? Where he, where the houses are? Is that behind? The that, road no, road that's, road? The
1: off, that's the half the off weight stand. That can't be touched because it's right by a main road. Yeah, and stuff. So that can't be touched. Um, it's the opposite end uh, where we now have a fan zone there. And such. So, what they're trying to do is, like I said, kind of clear out that whole car park area, yeah. build a stand further up, ex- expand on the concourse around it, and then have the fan zone. So, I mean, if we do expand the capacity, the, the space that be around it would be great, to be honest. And I think we would do would do some sort of
0: renovation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I mean I I do like the old the old style grounds, you know. There's so many new new stadiums now, and they all look the yeah. same. And yeah, they're very nice, you know, Emirates is very nice and a lot of the other ones are, but ultimately they don't have the character, do they, of the old the old stadium. No, not many of them left now in the Premier League in particular. And I personally would be quite upset if Crystal Palace moved from Sellows Park and built a new stadium somewhere else because I kind of yeah. like it's got it has got character and it's got history yeah, hasn't it? It has, yeah. i, I kind of like it. i know it's changed over the years you know now it, it looks a lot better it has it has a lot a lot of improvements since when I, mean, I can remember going there back in the 1980s and stuff like that and it, it was uh it needed a lot of work then and it is a lot of work's been done i mean that holmesdale terrace used to be you know an open terrace didn't it and stuff like that and yeah it used to be uh you know not not the best place to, to watch a game I mean, in the winter but um so they, they've done a lot of work on it already, but it'd be a shame, wouldn't it? I think if they move stadium. If you can if you can increase the capacity there where you are, that would be that would be perfect. Yeah, that,
1: that would definitely be perfect. I mean, there were like talks, I think it got rejected by Bromley Council, I think. So you know Crystal Palace Park has the actual athletic stadium. Yeah, yeah. That's where the initial talks were were being held to move there and such. So um but that got rejected by the council, so it's just now about trying to renovate and increase the capacity at Sellers Park, which I'm all for. I'm all for that. Yeah. I mean,
0: do, do you think that do you think that they'll be able to fill 45,000 or 40,000 regularly? I, I think so, because even when we're
1: looking at the FA Cup ticket allocation and such, it, it's going like this and they're facing the tickets and like, like I've got a nervous wait on Monday I mean, I'm, I'm going to log on like four different devices and <laughs> like just to make sure I get a ticket because all the runs that uh, like on the first kind of like ground-ish level, they're, they're all gone. <laughs> they're gone already, and tickets wow. went out Friday. Wow. Was it Friday, or Thursday. I think Friday. Yeah, but either way, it's, they're gone. You know, so I think I think we can easily fill an extra ten k easily
0: yeah no I mean, possibly i mean you know there does seem to be certainly this season there's a real buzz around crystal palace isn't there you know with everything that's going that's on there and it, yeah. it's, it's, it's i suppose it's a good time if you're going to try and increase the stadium get more fans it's a good time when there's a buzz there the fa cup run and everything else you know what i mean it's going to be good uh jordan says there's sellers is a proper fortress lately for the fans it and the players, Yeah, rocking lately yeah <laughs> Yeah, it has been. just says it was on Friday, apparently the tickets yeah, um, for Friday. Friday. So um so is it is it a general sale then Monday, is it, or is it not members or something like that? So
1: yeah, so Friday was season ticket holders and like uh junior the gold members like the kids and stuff. Um Monday is gold members, and then Tuesday is wait, there's four phases. Let me can't remember what Tuesday is. I think it's for other members and then the final phase is for general sale, but I think I generally think the way that they've been selling tickets, I reckon by Monday we sold out. What, what's the allocation? 35,000, I believe. Is it?
0: Wow, okay, doesn't say that much, does it? When it's a 90,000 stadium, but they have all these corporate guys coming in. Yeah, there, yeah. So. The, 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 the FA keep it low as well, don't they? Over so for the final, really. It's a shame. I mean, the, it?
1: the, the biggest mistake the FA made was, um what do you call it? Making it um, on Easter Sunday <coughs> yeah. when TFL always do sort of works on that day. It's going to be a nightmare getting back and forth.
0: Yeah, it is. It is, and obviously Liverpool, Man City wanted to move it, didn't they, to yeah, a different Liverpool. venue for that for that same reason. Yeah, it does it seem is, crazy yeah. that they schedule it, but the FA don't care about fans. They don't care about what's best for people. <laughs> All they care about is what they make out of everything, and it's, it's yeah. a shame really because you know. I personally feel the game in this country needs a different organisation to be running it. Um, the FA have, um, haven't got a clue, really, what's... They don't put the fans first. And without fans, we saw that when all the COVID stuff was going on. Without fans in the stadium, football's nothing. And the the FA need to put more emphasis on what's best for fans. You know, stop all these stupid kickoff times, eight o'clock on a Monday night. I know when we're playing, I know it's a London derby, but... You know they need to stop that, don't they? You know get games back to the times that when people can get home from games easily when the, when the traffic's good, the, the, the travel's better. And I don't know, they just don't seem to be, they don't seem to do that, do they? And it's it's frustrating actually. And I, I think it needs a whole overhaul. Actually, they need the FA need to step aside and let someone else come in and run the game. And I'm sure they'll make a better job of it. But maybe maybe you have fans doing it. You know, a panel of fans from each club maybe running, making the decisions. That could yeah, be, a that way- that would be a good way to go forward. The FA will never have it though. They make too much money. No, of course they won't. <laughs> <They're definitely laughs> a without Without a show of that, they won't. Um, Jordan says they're five thousand is the allocation. Yeah, it's normally about isn't it? And he exactly. says he won't make it to general yeah. sales. No, that, oh, that's right. It's crazy, really, isn't it? When you think a semi final at Wembley and you can only have thirty five thousand fans. That's you know, it, it is mad really. Um, Loki says they used to love standing at Palace. Yeah, I used to, the uh, Holmesdale Road at Terrace used to be good. Um, it still is. <laughs> no, it is yeah, I mean, it's not the same as it was, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah. used to be where the away fans were, didn't it? And in Holmesdale Road. And now, uh, obviously, it's along the side, isn't it? That's where the yeah. away is. Bands yeah. are now, which it's been like that for a while actually, uh, but it, it's a great old stadium actually. I do love Crystal Palace's ground, and I say I know the area quite well because I say my dad's family off a man that way and stuff. So it, it, is, a, it is a great um, it is a great place to watch football. Johnny says there fourteen k of the thirty five already gone. so That's pretty much what just under half of it already gone. Just checked. So yeah, well you have to. Have to wait and see good luck good luck for that on Monday then hopefully you can uh hopefully you, you can get one I mean it'd be, it'd be a great occasion it to be there at we to see it'll, it'll be amazing it'll,
1: it'll be an amazing uh, like I said we we came in we we just wanted a decent cup run we didn't expect to make the semi final because <laughs> no, no. we've been so used to be getting knocked out the first round of competitions time and time again um and I'm glad we got Chelsea because of the three yeah. this is a
0: it's probably our best chance, to be honest. Yeah, it is. Oh, about that, yeah. I mean, Liverpool, Man City. The good thing about it is, obviously, you know, one one of them is not going to be in the final. So I know it's going to be a tough game either way. But I think the FA would be desperate for it to be Chelsea in the final against Liverpool, and Man City, won't they? But you know, it, it would be great. I think for the FA Cup, the FA Cup's all about the, the smaller clubs, if you like, and the less fancy, fancy clubs doing well. And it'd be perfect for Crystal Palace to get there, wouldn't it? This oh, year. Be amazing. And, and who, and who knows, maybe maybe turn over Liverpool or whatever in the final. That'd be great as well, wouldn't it? You know, you, you, you've beaten Man City this season already, actually, haven't you? So, okay. you know, so you, I don't suppose you've got anything to fear, um, have you? George's um, got a good point there. He says, no Gallagher against Chelsea, of course, because of their loan situation. He won't be able to play, will really. he? That's, that's a shame. Um, and uh, George says it, all options have a kidney heel. Yeah, that, that's that's true. Um, I mean, before we finish, though, I suppose we need a score prediction, really, for Monday. Are you confident that you guys can pick up a result? I mean, you was unlucky not to beat us at the Emirates, as we said before. Yeah. So you've got nothing to fear in that sense. You know, you can match us on the, on the day. You did it before. So you confident going into Monday? Yeah,
1: I, I was saying on, my, um, on our channel with the preview, I was saying, you know, had Ramsdale been in goal, I reckon it would have been a draw.
0: I think we win now that let us in goal. I right. generally think we win 2-1. Okay. Well, no, I mean, that would be, um, you know, that would be a really difficult result for us because, you know, that top four is getting open for us and we, we, we could do it some points. I mean, I think we've only lost maybe twice ever at Sellers Park against Crystal Palace in history. Um, so it would be a shock in a way if, if we were to lose because we don't often lose this, this fixture. But... um there has been a lot of draws in recent years and I don't know the one thing that I'm kind of thinking that might swing it our favour is because of this FA Cup semi-final coming up very soon. Um Sometimes you, you, if you notice with, with teams, they maybe drop off in the league a little bit in the build up to these big games because players are arrested or their minds may be slightly elsewhere thinking of the, the cup games at Wembley and stuff. So I think that that might make a difference. And also as well, as we said, um, at least and Zaha may not be fit. I personally think they are. I, I heard Patrick's, um, press conference the other day, and he was very kind of, he had it very close to his chest, didn't he? He wasn't, he sort of said, oh, they'll be in training, and, and stuff. I think they'll both be fit, I think they'll both play personally. I mean, do you think they will, or do you think he's just playing games?
1: I'm going to keep it close to my chest, too. Now, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> now um, I think if any of them, I think more likely Zaha than Elise to be honest. Could I, I think... No, actually, at least it was just a foot. There was rumors of a hamstring, but Petri was just a foot. Listen, I'd be
0: happy to see both of them, to be honest. Really yeah, happy win. Would. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I wouldn't be because it's going to obviously make it more difficult going for us. I mean, to be honest with you, I, mean, I think we need to win, and I think a win for us would put us in a great position in terms of the, the top four, even the top three. We'd only be two points behind Chelsea, I think, if we win. So, um, can we win away? It's been a good ground for us. Um, I don't know. I'm not to think we could. I'll go two-one to us, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw. I've got to be honest, and maybe I wouldn't be. I wouldn't think that's a bad result. Actually, it wouldn't be a bad result if it was a draw. Really, in, in the overall scheme of things, we need yeah. a win, but a draw would be. I think a draw would be a decent result for us. Actually, away against Crystal Palace always give us a good game. This just hope it's a, it's a good game to watch. It should be, shouldn't it? Because it was at the Emirates. That was a good game, wasn't it? A lot went on there. yeah. Have, yeah. Some late drama as well, and. I mean, Patrick Vieira yeah, looked look really gutted didn't he, at the end of that game when we scored because he, he he loved yeah. the combat series of a win, wouldn't he? He so. literally became a meme. He <laughs> <laughs> did, yeah. It was, it was, you know, you could see. I almost felt sorry for him. I've got to be honest, because I, I love Patrick Vieira. Yeah, right? And I did kind of feel a little bit sorry for him because I thought you deserved to win that game. I've got to be honest. In the second half, you were brilliant uh, against us, and you probably did just about deserve that win. But ultimately, we, we took the draw. Brilliant that we, we took it. But um, really in the chat later, then he says 1-1 one, one as well. He's gone a draw. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a draw. I've got to be honest, but I'm, I'm going to be optimistic and hopeful that we can, snack, we can uh, sneak it 2-1. Um, that would be that would be nice. But I hope it's a good game of football. Actually, I hope there's no VAR nonsense. I hope it's just a good game of football against two good teams both trying to win the game, and let's hope that the, the best team comes out on top, and it'll be a good game for everyone to watch, which would be nice. Um, Absolutely. Um, well, thanks for coming on the channel. Just before you go, give your give your channel a bit of a plug, because it's, it's, you've got some great stuff going on, haven't Because it's not just Crystal Palace stuff, is it?
1: No, so, um, yeah, Eaglehead Football, as you can see. Yeah? Um, oh, the ones, bless her. Um, so, obviously, myself, Jordan, who's in the chat here as well, and, and Nate, we run predominantly the Palace side, but other content we have, we've got a women's football show as well with Maria de Samara. So they cover all the women's games on a Wednesday. Um, yeah, James does Eagle news. So that's any new Palace related news. And I just started a, a new show with, with Tariq, um, who's an Arsenal fan himself, actually, uh, just talking about different aspects of life. So we did one on childhood the other day, which was actually really insightful. You know, we talk about our childhoods and stuff, and the ups Mm. and downs and such. And um, guests came in, shared their life experiences. And We'll we'll keep like different topics coming up because I guess there's football side, but there's life is life is crazy, (laughs) you know. And it's it's just good to like share our experiences because you never know who you can help in the future.
0: No, exactly, yeah, and it's it's great as well because I mean, you know, f- football content is great, and we love talking about football. But ultimately, there's a lot more important things in life to talk about as well, and and stuff like that. Like you so said, you can help other people as well. I like this, I like the way you do. You cover women's football as well. I mean, we do a lot of stuff on the women's football on this channel, covering the Arsenal women and stuff. And oh, okay. I, I think that it's it's growing a lot. Women's game It's improved yes. massively. We're going to a lot of games in the Euros in the summer as well, and it's it's great to. Uh, that it's getting a lot more coverage now and a lot more people are talking about women's football and that's great. And it's great that you're doing that as well. So um, definitely pop over to Eagle Eye Football. So so it's not just Crystal Palace stuff. There's loads of other great stuff on there as well. We've got a couple of other predictions. We've got Danny says 3-1 to Arsenal. Loki says 2-1 to Arsenal. So obviously Arsenal really confident on this on this show <laughs> at the moment um, and really says uh, Gay and uh, Mitchell have been decent Oh, no, they have yeah. obviously yeah. playing for England that, that's, that's decent that they've been doing and uh, let's hope we get a similar start like Villa away or else it's going to be hard for us yeah I mean we need to start the game well the first goal could be important I think if you get yourselves ahead it'd be really difficult for us and I think if we score first it's going to be difficult for you guys so I think the first goal could be important but yeah I wouldn't be surprised if it does finish in the draw really says there's seven points from the next three right, between? be well seven points from the next three guys would be, brilliant result for us we got three yeah one
1: monday and then six from the other two
0: <laughs> <laughs> well that might be what yeah. happens. I, I wouldn't be too disappointed yeah. with any of that actually. Um and I'll say obviously good luck on Monday. Hope you get yourself a ticket. Thank it'd you be too. great to get you to Wembley. Obviously, enjoy the game Monday night as well. May the yeah, best team win be. as long it as it's us, of course. And that'll be great. Yeah. Um, I, I will be cheering for you at Wembley definitely and hopefully you beat Chelsea and get to the fire. It'd be great for, for Patrick so, awesome, yeah. to get his hands on the FA Cup again. He's won it a few times as a player, so it'd be nice to, be to do it as a manager and you know. I'm sure it's just a, it's just a rehearsal for the arsenal job you do know that don't you so be be prepared he'll be, he'll be coming to us very soon next two or three years but uh enjoy enjoy where you've got him that's the main thing isn't it that's Oh, we will we will and I'm, I'm sure i'm sure you will i'm sure you will uh, well thanks for thanks for coming on the sorry it's been great chatting to you um, it's been do. great, and, and hopefully, uh, I'll say it'll be a good game Monday. And I say, hopefully, you can get your ticket for Wembley as well. um And uh, I'll speak to you very soon. So, thanks for coming on. So, enjoy the game. And come up, i want to turn around back tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, 12 15, for the Arsenal women's game against Leicester. I didn't watch along with that. So, please join me for that. That's going to be good. And, of course, Monday night as well, a big game, Silos Park, Chris place against Arsenal. That is going to be an, a, a really, really good game. I'm sure it will two great teams going for it and two um, ex-Arsenal captains as well going head-to-head in the dugout again so that's going to be good um, so we look forward to that so yeah please um, you know, subscribe to the channel please subscribe to Eagle Eye Football as well give them uh, a watch there's some great stuff over there as well and I'll, say I'll see you tomorrow at quarter past twelve for the Arsenal women in the meantime of course as always come on you gunners thanks a lot Rich speak yeah. to you later mate take it easy yeah <laughs>
1: Amen.